Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. As the COVID-19 pandemic adds to the already existing challenges that we face in our lives, we turn to Scripture for inspiration, guidance, and hope. These messages are intended for everyone, whether or not you are a Christian or a member of any religious community. It's my assumption that we all have spiritual needs to be met. The teachings of the Bible hold special meaning for people of faith, but their value is universal. This weekend, Christian tradition celebrates Pentecost in which the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jesus' disciples and a group of pilgrims from all over the known world who had gathered to celebrate the Jewish festival. That story is told in the beginning of the book of Acts. I begin reading, however, an ancient story told in the book of Genesis, the story of the building of the Tower of Babel. I think that you will find that taken together, these stories offer valuable insights into our current time. From Genesis 11, verses 1 to 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Here ends the reading and a reading from the second chapter of Acts. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came the sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, 
Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This weekend, 50 days after Easter, Christian churches around the world celebrate the Pentecost. This is the end of the Easter season, when Jesus' promise to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples is fulfilled. In this account, the Spirit is described with two different images. The sound of a mighty rushing wind entering the room and tongues of flame that descended upon each of the heads of the people from many nations who had gathered there. The Holy Spirit was one and many at the same time. Before I talk about this amazing incident, however, I want to go back to a much more ancient story from the book of Genesis, the story that I just read of the Tower of Babel. This passage is what I call an inspired story of ancient origins. The creation narrative, with which the Old Testament begins, is another such story of ancient origins. It explains the origins of the cosmos, the earth, the plants and animals that inhabit it, and finally, humankind. Now, the story of the Tower of Babel explains the origins of human languages and ethnic groups. In the book of Genesis, God is concerned with maintaining a clear boundary with humankind. This was social distancing to the extreme. God ruled supreme over all creation, including the humans whom he had created. The sin of Adam and Eve was an attempt to become like God by eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In the Tower of Babel story, Humans have developed the technology to build a structure that could reach heaven. So in order to reestablish the divine-human divide, God confuses their language so they cannot understand one another and then scatters them across the face of the earth. Thus were born languages, ethnic groups, and eventually kingdoms and nations. God's plan was a huge success. Throughout history, the peoples that inhabit the earth have not been able to cooperate to do anything. Human history has become synonymous with military history. Today, there are 195 sovereign nations in the world, and each of these nations seeks to protect its own interests above all others. After the horrors of World War I, naively called the War to End All Wars, and the destruction caused by powerful new weapons developed in World War II, efforts were made to reunify humankind. The fullest expression of that effort, the establishment of the United Nations, has borne little fruit. Undoing the effects of the Tower of Babel remains aspirational. The Pentecost story, however, shows us a way back to unity if we can accept it. Jews from all over the known world had gathered together for the celebration of Pentecost. 
present at this particular celebration were Peter and the other disciples of Jesus. A wind enters the room, and a tongue of flame appears on everyone's head, and they're all filled with the Spirit. The pilgrims assembled were speaking in their own native languages, but they all could suddenly understand one another. And Peter sees this as a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy of Joel, who said, In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. On that Pentecost, Babel was undone. Men and women, young and old, slaves and free, would be reunited in a common vision. Peter knew that vision would lead to a movement based on the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. We call this movement the Church. Through the Church, all were to be made one. As the Apostle Paul put it, in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Well, what happened? I've just been talking about human history as a history of war among nations. It's also been a history of war among races and ethnic groups. The outpouring of the spirit was either an idle dream or we, humankind, are a work in progress. I choose to believe the latter. Fortunately, God is patient. Second Peter 3.9 reads, The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Pentecost this year is especially important to think about to think about the reunifying work of the Holy Spirit on earth. Because of the pandemic, nations have necessarily isolated themselves from one another to stop the spread of the virus. These temporary measures threaten to divide us even further when the crisis passes. There will be a tendency to blame and for countries to put their own interests above others as they try to recover. It's only natural. So can the Holy Spirit help us? In this past week, another incident occurred which cries out for the intervention of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis policeman. The callous brutality of the policeman caught on video further inflamed the racial hatred in our country. We are struggling to find ways to address our indignation to the racism that leads inevitably to violence. Once again, can the Holy Spirit help us? Let me start by talking about the problems of nations struggling to protect themselves against the COVID-19 virus. Long before the pandemic came to our awareness, our nation has struggled to balance our participation in world affairs with our need to protect our own people. It became evident in our internal conflicts over immigration and the securing of our borders. 
In the world of political polarization, this struggle is characterized as nationalism versus globalism. The critics of nationalist policies contend that those who favor America First policies are insensitive to the needs of people in developing countries around the globe. Critics of globalism see organizations like the United Nations as a bald attempt to establish a one-world government that will deny our national sovereignty and threaten what we hold dear. The problem with such divisive language, like nationalist versus globalist, is that it moves the discussion of this important issue to the extremes, to the poles. We've seen where that leads us. We're unable to have productive discussions and nothing gets accomplished. We end up screaming at each other and convincing no one. The world goes forward as 195 individual nations, each looking out for themselves. Hatred and fear abound. Love and hope recede to the background. Wars breed more wars. Peace doesn't have a chance. The Holy Spirit, as we heard in the Pentecost text, seeks to break down barriers and reunite God's people. The solution is that in the many, we are one. The Apostle Paul said to the quarrelsome people in the ancient city of Corinth, who were trying to forge a Christian community, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. The solution to the visions, divisions among the peoples and the nations of the earth is not an either-or. The solution is both and. There is nothing stopping us from being proud patriotic Americans and compassionate citizens of the global community. There is nothing stopping us from advocating for economic policies that protect American workers and promote mutually beneficial economic cooperation among nations, both rich and poor around the world. Well, there is one thing stopping us, our crippling self-centeredness. And there's a biblical word for that, sin. The Holy Spirit infuses us with the love of Christ and frees us from our sin. The sacrifice of Christ encourages us to offer our own lives as a sacrifice for others and frees us from our bondage to self-preservation above all else. And the promise of eternal life in heaven allows me to live this earthly life courageously. The Holy Spirit allows each of us to be a contributing member of the one body of Christ. Babel has been undone. The Holy Spirit can help us overcome the bonds of racism from which we cannot seem to free ourselves. Living under the threat of pandemic, facing economic uncertainty, struggling with existential threat of environmental change, the curse of racism can go underground to do its dirty work. The fires of race riots in Minneapolis, 
illuminate this ongoing scourge of racial hatred, lest we forget. Let me go back to what Peter said. The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Yes, the Lord is patient with us. The Lord wants good things for us. But what he is patiently waiting for is our repentance, which means to change our ways. It's been 2,000 years since Paul proclaimed, There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. It's been 401 years since a ship named the White Lion brought 20 African slaves ashore in Jamestown, Virginia. And it's been 157 years since Abraham Lincoln declared that America is dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Yet here we are. For white America, this is not a time for self-justification and blaming the victim. It is a time for repentance. It is a time for change, and we are all responsible for bringing that change about. It is time for us to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit within us and among us. If the flames of the Holy Spirit cannot incinerate every last visage, vestige of racism in our hearts and in our culture, then the fires of rage will continue to raise buildings and neighborhoods across the land. Maybe I'm one of those old men that the prophet Joel said will dream dreams. I can only hope that I am. As John Lennon put it, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. I hope that as God pours out the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost, that our sons and daughters will have visions and shall prophesy, and they will make the world, they will make all people as one. Amen. Thank you for joining me this week. Let's continue to pray together for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives, our nation, all the peoples of the earth. So till next time, may you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. And may you be happy.